Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lock Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Everybody, welcome to this Halloween special edition of the Inside Acting Radio Show. I'm your gracious host, William Powell, aka the King of DC Media. Tonight's guest is Chad Eric Smith, who plays Erebus, a 251-year-old vampire who seeks psychiatric treatment for a phobia that impacts his very way of life. But before we get to Chad, let's hear a word from our sponsor. All right, I think we might have had a, a little bit of a glitch there. But if you would like to advertise on the show, you can contact me at we at 400 at yahoo.com or on Facebook at uh, forward slash william.t.pal. So I see Chad's on the line, so let me bring him on in. Good evening. Hey, hey good evening. How are you doing? Good, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. All right. All right. So I'm going to dive right in. So, man, what's been the fan reaction of Dark Therapy? I know it's had uh, over 30,000 views on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, I'm very pleased. Uh, we uploaded it to Facebook uh, just a few days ago, and just in the past uh, 48 hours, it's, it's uh, starting to go viral, uh, just in time for Halloween. Uh, but prior to having it online, we uh, had it in uh, uh, various film festivals across the country. And it's been received very well. Um, it gets a lot of hearty laughter. Uh, people uh, like the cleverness of it uh, and uh, the quirkiness of it. Uh, and so I'm very, uh, very happy that people have taken a liking to it. Yeah, absolutely. I see uh, even though... Local broadcaster Allison Seymour even had something to say about it. I think she tweeted on it. Talk more, a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, yeah. I, well, I've been, uh, you know, been very active uh, in social media, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter, just trying to uh, spread the word about my film. And uh, I reached out to her via Twitter, and uh, she liked it. She she said that it was very funny, and she tweeted it out. Um, and so that was that's always cool when you can get uh, someone who is. Uh, uh, you know, a celebrity to endorse it in a way and to uh, have their fans uh, uh, check it out as well. So that was very, that was very cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. So did you notice a, a noticeable uptick in views after that? Uh, yeah, yeah, but I would say that uh, mainly the uptick in views has been just from uh, – folks on Facebook sharing it. Um, I like to say thank you to uh, my friends and, and family. They've been sharing it, uh, especially this uh, particular week leading up to the holiday, uh, Halloween weekend. And um, it's kind of like almost like a grassroots thing where uh, my close friends and family have been sharing it. And just based off of the, uh, the content alone, uh, of it being funny and well produced, uh, it's been well received and continues to get shared uh, even more. So um, I'm really happy about it. Yeah, yeah. So man, you gotta tell me a little bit more about uh, Erebus. Erebus. I know he's based on a Greek myth. That's the, that's the name of the character you play. Tell, tell me a little bit more about that. How you came up with the name and the character? Yeah. So. Uh, Back in, let's see, 2013, uh, I met uh, a local Washington, D.C. actress and producer. Her name is Devin Nikki Thomas. I met her at a table read for a a script by filmmaker Harold Jackson III. And right away we got along, and I thought she was really cool, and I I thought she was very pretty, and I thought she had a really great sense of humor, and I was like, oh, man. You know, so I did what everybody would do, is, which is, you know, became Facebook friends. And then from there, we uh, we started chatting, and we were talking about how uh, we wanted to collaborate. And so uh, I said, well, you know, she had a, a production company called Unitivity Productions, and I had this, you know, desire to uh, write and create a character that, uh, as an actor, I don't really come across very often. Um you know, which is like a character that is very quirky and would involve lots of makeup. So um, the idea was to uh, create a cinematic-looking comedic skit, uh, but with an improvisational flair, something similar to Comedy Central's Key and Peel, which I'm a big fan of. And around that time, I had watched uh, the movie Dark Shadows, um, directed by Tim Burton and starring Johnny Depp who I'm also a big fan of. Um, Yeah. And so that gave me the kind of the inspiration of going the vampire route uh, where I get to, you know, dress up in makeup and all these things. And I'm a big fan of humor that is rooted in irony. Um, So it it just kind of popped in my head, the idea of a a vampire with an irrational fear of blood. And I told Devin about it and she thought it was cool. And so uh, I, I wrote up the first draft. I sent it to her. And she uh, added to it and kind of uh, heightened the horror element of it. And then in uh, 
in March of uh, 2014, we filmed it in one day. Uh, you, you had you had mentioned the uh, Arabis. I, I was trying to make it as clever as I could, um, and I figured, okay, it's a black vampire. So what's what's a name that could uh, kind of emphasize his blackness? You know. Yeah. And um, so I just tip. I just basically, I think I just simply looked up the Greek word for darkness. You know, <laughs> and um, yeah, and Arabis is what came up. And I knew that you know Greek mythology had really cool names. So I just said, what, what's the what's the Greek word for darkness? Since he's a black guy, and it turns out uh, Arabis just sounded good. And so I went with that. And I thought it was uh, cool to have a name that was kind of opposite of how his uh, actual demeanor is. Even though he has a name that means darkness, he's pretty lighthearted and very, um, very much uh, not, you know, not, you know, non-threatening. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looks kind of like a pimp, man. He's just a kind of <laughs> interesting mm-hmm. character. Yeah, mm-hmm. so uh, that, how did you transform into a vampire with all that, that makeup, man? That's some impressive makeup. Yeah, um, so I, I worked in a movie called The Suffering, and it's uh, by an L.A.-based filmmaker named Rob Hamilton. And uh, if the listeners go to uh, thesufferingfilm.com, they can check out the trailer. But that was a really cool uh cool experience to be on that movie and when I was on that set I met these uh, very talented nice guys who were the makeup artists named Carl Randolph and Bob Yoho and um, they were just really cool I mean they made me look you know nice and grimy and they painted my teeth made them all dirty and everything and so uh, (laughs) I really enjoyed working with them on that particular movie and uh, so when I started writing Dark Therapy, they were the first two uh, guys who came to mind because uh, I just knew that they were high quality. So I sent the script to them and uh, they loved it. They they responded saying they thought it was very funny and uh, said that they could help me bring my character to life. But the script, <clears throat> the script that I wrote was very specific about how you uh, how I wanted the character to look. Uh, it said that he had long yellow nails. He had long black hair. He had uh, yeah, kind huh? of like white white eyes and veins, fa- uh, yeah. and his skin was kind of with a gray tinge. And so um, the script described how he looked, and uh, but I kind of let um, Carl specifically Carl Randolph, who by the way just won. Uh, best makeup at the Washington D.C. Uh, Indie Capital Awards uh, for Dark Therapy, and right. uh, I basically told him, "Hey, man, this is what I want. You you read the script. Uh, I just want myself to look, you know, creepy." And uh, and he did a good job of that, you know. Um, <laughs> and so that was it. Was it was I was in the makeup chair for a little over an hour. Um, uh, most of a lot of that time was trying to get the nails to stick on right. Um, uh, that was that. That took a lot of time to get the nails, get the nails right. It was a lot of detail on the nails as well, and um, probably the hardest part was trying to eat with long nails. I don't know how ladies do it, but um, yes, that was the tough part. 
Uh, and then the fangs were custom made for my teeth. Um, they were created by uh, Bob Yoho. And uh, I went in a few weeks prior to shooting, and he made a cast of my teeth uh, like one would do for uh, orthodontist work for like, braces. And um, <laughs> I got to choose the different type of fangs that I wanted, whether I wanted them to be long or short. And we talked about it. It was a very you know, thoughtful process. And um, uh, when I told uh, Bob how I wanted it, he went ahead and, and made the cast, made the molding, and he uh, painted them to match the same color of my um, of my real teeth. So, you know, finding just the right yellow. <laughs> and, um, and so that really helped to bring a lot of realism to it because it wasn't like I was wearing things that uh you know that you would buy at CVS. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I know you won at the Indy Capital Award, uh, but what other awards did it help with? Yeah, so uh after we premiered the film uh, as part of a series of short films at the uh now closed West End Cinema in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. uh, at mm-hmm. the uh, 2014 Real Independent Film Extravaganza. And uh, so that was a thrill to see a film. I mean, I had gone to, you know, premieres uh, and screenings of films that I was in as an actor, uh, but this was uh, my directorial debut. So uh, it was very cool to uh, experience uh, a movie with an audience where not only I was the... Um, uh, the actor on screen, but I uh, was the person who had the vision with regards to uh, the directorship. Uh, so that was pretty neat. Uh, about a month later, uh, we were nominated by the uh, the Television, Internet, and Video Association of D.C., or TIVA D.C., and okay. we were awarded... Uh, the Bronze Peer Award uh, in the Independent Short Category for Dark Therapy. And they awarded me the Gold Peer Award in the Acting on Camera Fiction Male Category. And that was something else to be at the uh, National Press Club and to receive a very nice, uh, nice-looking uh, award. It was the first award that I received for film acting. Um, and so how special is that? You know, my first, uh, film, yeah. my first, uh, you know, trophy or an award for film acting to be oh. a character that I invented and, and wrote and brought to life. I had, you know, won a couple of awards for theater work, but uh, this was the first time for uh, film acting. So I was, I was very pleased by that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it, it kind of speaks to the importance of actors writing their own material. You know, I mean, that's, that's the thing. So you have anything else that you're writing? Yeah, um, I have, I'm always kind of thinking of things, uh, ideas, and, uh, you know, there's a, big, there's a big difference between thinking of ideas and, and putting it to paper. Um, so I have some unfinished things that I'm writing that i just waiting to get the inspiration to kind of move forward on, but uh, nothing that I want to... to uh, talk about just yet just some but some other some more quirky ideas of uh comedy and uh, <laughs> I, I also want to do some um 
I always wanted to do a sci-fi film, so um, I have like a time travel idea that I'm working on. Uh, but you know, yeah, uh, you know, black people can't go too far back in time because uh, it gets dangerous, you know. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, but something that would be kind of uh, clever and something uh, that would be uh, unique. But that's the hard part. Oh man, don't don't tell me you you're not going to remake Blackmore, are you? <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, I guess Dark Therapy was the was the closest thing to that. I'm, I, yeah, I'm also a big uh, Eddie Murphy fan, and a lot of people were saying that they. I heard some people say it reminded them of like Vampire in Brooklyn mixed with like Dexter mixed with uh, yeah, Mark, you know. <laughs> and I thought those were very uh, a funny funny uh, examples of uh, something to compare it to. But um, I you know speaking of dark therapy, I, I I certainly do want to bring the character back. I think it's uh I think it's a very fun character to play. It's, it's been very well received, and uh, I have a lot of different ideas for little short skits, uh, skits um, or short films, or even a longer uh, feature length uh, idea. But just a matter of time and, and money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a vampire with a taste for uh, mambo sauce. So, I mean, come on now. That's you got to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, mambo sauce. Um, you know, <laughs> the thing about mambo sauce, so I was born and raised in Washington, D.C., and yeah. it was very important to me to have humor that was very specific to the region uh, where I uh, I grew up. And I remember seeing, you know, I remember talking to someone about about the the mumble sauce bit being a part of it, and they said, you know, a lot of people don't know what mumble sauce is out of the outside the DMV, you know, outside of DC, Maryland, Virginia. And I, I said, yeah, but I don't care. I mean, they're gonna find out. They're gonna learn today. You know, they're gonna know what it is after they watch this, uh, watch this film. And I remember watching an interview with John Singleton, who did Boys in the Hood. And he was talking about how when he made that movie, he wasn't trying to uh, cater to a broad general audience. He was just trying to tell a very specific story about a specific community. And by doing so, um, there was something very special about that specificity. And that it ended up um, uh, transcending that particular audience and becoming kind of a cult classic. And so, yeah. I mean, that's a long way to say that uh, it, that particular interview gave me the uh, confidence to to make a joke that might have been very, very regional, but but I think uh, for that reason, it's it becomes more uh, effective. And when I went to um, actually earlier this year, I flew to uh, Los Angeles and I screened uh, Dark Therapy at the uh, famous Chinese theater on the historic Hollywood uh, Walk of Fame, and oh, yeah, that was that was probably my biggest highlight of the year. It was my first time in LA, and to be able to screen my directorial debut uh, at the famous Chinese theater in Hollywood, I mean, yeah, it was just it was surreal. But, um, you know, I was uh, I, think I was on Instagram uh, as I am often, and 
I, I follow yeah. Jamie Foxx. I'm a, I'm a big Jamie Foxx fan, and he's one of the reasons why I play piano. He's one of the reasons why I try to kind of balance uh, an acting career of being both dramatic and comedic. And he yeah. was advertising uh, a film festival called the Indie Night Film Festival, which was um, uh, a weekly festival by his friend Dave Brown. Uh, Dave Brown uh, is a friend of his, and he was also kind of a business partner with Jamie Foxx, who was uh, who had you know was helpful during his Jamie's uh, Oscar campaign when he was uh, trying to uh, you know winning for uh, Ray. Anyway, I saw the advertisement for it on Instagram, and I just sent. Uh, dark therapy link to the uh, I submitted it uh, via email and they uh, responded to me very quickly and told me that they were interested and wanted me to show my film and I said yeah you know I was down so I got I burned the DVDs and I melded off to, to Dave Brown the founder of the film festival and he uh, he text messaged me and let me know he got it and uh, they said we want to screen it this coming weekend uh, you know, back in back in January, and so I bought my ticket and I flew out there. I was only there for one day. It was, I flew in and flew out. But uh, uh, back to the mumble sauce bit after the film, which got a lot of <laughs> laughter. Um, a lot of folks came up to me to compliment, but there was people who were from Washington D.C. who uh, specifically wanted to point out how um, happy they were to see uh, a reference to a, a sauce that they can't even get in L.A. Uh, so they were really proud. They were like, hey, man, that, that mumbo sauce bit, I know I know where that's, uh, that stuff is good. Um, that was hilarious, you know. So that that's, that's so good that it, it connected with uh, the D.C. natives uh, on the West Coast. Nice, nice, nice. So, Chad, you're, you're a man of many talents. I know you uh, you do music as well. In fact, at the top of the show, we had your, uh, your song, uh, Smooth Jam Klexos, and then you had uh, Ethereal. And I know you also did a score. Tell me about that. You did a score for uh, one of your movies? Yeah. Uh, so I think I hear it in the background now, Ethereal. Um, yeah. So I, I created uh, Ethereal. Uh, at home on my keyboard, I have this this uh, old Casio keyboard that I've had since I was a senior in high school or kind of going into college. And one day I just made this this music that I think was kind of uh, kind of sad and, and kind of gloomy and intense. And uh, I played the piano, uh, you know, synthesized sound of piano, and added cello and violin and after I made it, I said, wow, you know, this this sounds like it could be a score, you know, something that could really uh, add some poignancy or something, uh, or a- add some sort of uh, emotion to a screenplay. Yeah. But since I didn't have any experience as a film composer, uh, right. you know, I, I, I didn't really know how to go about scoring a film or, or, or at least... Um, uh, the, uh, you know, finding someone who would allow me to to have that responsibility. So I said, hmm, what could I do to use this particular score for 
a movie. You know, I, how, what can I do? And then uh-huh. I, got, I just thought of this idea of, well, well how, why don't I just make this a score of something that doesn't exist yet? And I reached out to a friend of mine, uh, Yolanda K. Leah, who is a oh, Washington, yeah. D.C.-based uh, filmmaker. She's a writer, uh, director, editor, producer. And I sent her the music. And I said, hey, Yolanda, I have an idea. I want to do, I want to score a movie, uh, but I don't have a movie to score yet. Listen to this music and mm-hmm. have this music inform a screenplay. Have, you, have this music inspire a script. So usually, you know, a score comes after the movie has been created. Uh, you know, a movie's yeah. created, it's filmed, uh, you, you go post-production, you try to find the music that fits. Uh, my idea was the music preceded the, uh, not only preceded the story, but inspired the story. And so I sent her right. the, uh, the music, and like 24 hours later, she sent back a script. And the script, I uh, opened up the PDF, and it said, uh, Ethereal, an original screenplay mm. by Yolanda K. Leah, inspired by the music of Chad Eric Smith. That first page of the, right. cover of the script yeah. was good enough. I was like, oh, man, that sounds good. <laughs> But then I read, then I read the uh, the next couple of pages, and it was a you know it, was, it had no dialogue. It was just uh, uh, images, and uh, it became uh, it became very clear to me that not only was she inspired by the music, but she was inspired by uh, some of the you know well specifically the very tragic um, story of Tamir Rice. Uh, the young oh, yeah. um, black kid who was shot by the police um, with no hesitation yeah. uh, because he was mm. playing with a toy gun in a park. And her script originally um, had kind of a, kind of mimicked uh, the reality of that particular story and had a bad ending. But uh, I suggested to her that we have an ending that had more hope and and showed an ideal situation where it doesn't happen. And so she, we, she rewrote the script with a, a better ending, and uh, uh, we, we named it See the Boy, uh, uh, kind of like the antithesis to Ralph Ellison's uh, An Invisible Man, uh, the idea that, uh, you know, if you just take a moment to see the humanity in a child, even if their skin is a little darker, uh, then maybe you'd... Uh, value their life a bit more, uh, and it kind of went with the whole idea of Black Lives Matter. So, long story short, uh, Ethereal ended up becoming a score to a three-minute short film uh, that was, I think, very topical, very timely uh, with, with regards to the Black Lives Matter movement. And uh, and for those reasons, I'm, I'm very pleased um, by that collaboration. Absolutely, absolutely. So, Chad, I know that you played in another horror film, uh, The Suffering. So tell me a little bit more about that and where can we see that one? Yeah, that one, uh, I still want to see it. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet. Um, it's been submitted to various film festivals and still waiting to hear uh, back from from those festivals yeah. uh, regarding official selection. But uh, my mom and dad actually saw it. Uh, they went to a Florida premiere uh, a few months ago, uh, and they they said they liked it, and they told me that I, 
uh, I did a, a good job. So uh, I tend to try to believe them when they say those type of things. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a good, a good thing. Yeah, yeah, that was that was cool for them to, you know, be able to go to a, a premiere of a movie that I'm in. I mean, that's that was another highlight of my year. Even though I couldn't be there to join them, uh, that was really yeah. neat. But the suffering is, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but it has a lot of mis- mystery. Now, when I read the script, um, it kind of reminded me of, like, uh, the feel of, like, Shutter Island. I think that was on, I, I think that might have been a, was that a Martin Scorsese film or? Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. So, yeah, so it kind of reminded me of that okay. that kind of vibe. Uh, so, yeah. you know, it's suspenseful and, you know, has a lot of, uh, you know, you're not really knowing what is going on as far as the uh, the true reality. My character was a very, um, a very mysterious figure. In fact, in the script, he was described as, as a mysterious drifter. And um, he has like shackles on his on his ankles because he is a, a fugitive and he carries a knife and he lives in the woods and he meets the protagonist and as a result the protagonist learns about his predicament and it kind of shifts the story uh, forward uh, in a certain way I know that was very vague but uh, I do like playing supporting roles often because uh, I think that supporting characters it gives you a lot of room to be very creative and free in yeah. your performance as an actor. But just from a literary perspective, supporting characters, uh, they really change or uh, add to the character arc of the main character uh, in a way that couldn't happen without their uh, their existence, without their presence. So just from a story perspective, uh, supporting characters are very important. So, yeah, The Suffering. If you go to thesufferingfilm.com, uh, you can check out the trailer. You can see, uh, you can hear my, my voice, over, uh, a talk, a voiceover of, uh, of, of my character, as well as a quick uh, snapshot of my character as well. Um, but I was, that was probably my most physically draining, <clears throat> physically draining uh, role. Because, you know, I'm not big enough as an actor, uh, as a, you know, star-wise, to have a stunt double. <laughs> so I had to do all my own stunts, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not the most athletic guy. So it was a lot of running and uh, a lot of acting like I wasn't tired in between shots. That's, that's probably the most acting I did was in between takes when I was trying to act like I didn't, like I wasn't out of breath. <laughs> oh wow! You always gotta be on. Always gotta be on. Yeah. All right, all right. So, what's going on with uh, Fright Night Theater? Fright Night Theater. Um, you know, I to be honest with you, I'm not a hundred percent sure of all the details of that particular um, festival. I just know that we were selected. And I'm not even sure when when it screens, uh, but uh, um, Devin Nikki Thomas, who's the executive producer, she submitted Dark Therapy to uh, various festivals, and that was one of them. And so uh, I'm just happy that it's being seen by so many people 
uh, and now not only in festivals but now on Facebook. Um, but yeah, I don't know all the details of that particular uh, festival. Oh, okay, okay. So I got to ask you, man, what's some of your uh, horror movie actors that have inspired you? <laughs> Um, you know, funny enough, uh, ironically, I'm not a really big horror uh, genre fan. Uh, I've never really been. I, you know, I, I don't want to go to the movies to watch horror films. And and if I do go, it's probably because, you know, some lady friend wanted me to join them. And whenever a scary part happens, I, I, I might accidentally close my eyes at that particular part when, the, <laughs> you know, things get real. <laughs> But no, I just I, I'm, I've been more of a suspense drama, uh, political thriller type of guy. And okay. Um, okay. but some of my favorite actors though, who who have uh, often played characters like that, are Johnny Depp. You know, he's often been in in, in uh, films where he's played kind of uh, quirky, dark characters, uh, which involves lots of makeup. Uh, I'm a fan, a friend, a uh, fan rather of. Uh, actor Gary Oldman, and uh, he oh, famously yeah, played good. he played Dracula, uh, and I really I really enjoyed his performance as Dracula. But he's been in so many other movies from uh, you know The Fifth Element to uh, the the Batman the new Christopher Nolan Batman movies as Jim Gordon and Sirius right. Black in the Harry Potter film. So he's another example of an actor who. Um, uh, is you know considered a character actor, and that's that's kind of what I'm trying to uh, mold my career uh, in that way, where I can kind of play anything and really get lost in the role, as far as not only in appearance but in uh, nuance and how the character carries himself. I'm also a huge fan of Jeffrey Wright. And uh, he's actually uh, from Washington D.C. as well, and uh, he he doesn't play that many dark characters, but he's he's a chameleon type actor as well. So, so I guess I'm not really a big horror uh, genre guy, but I do like actors who um, who kind of are attracted to those type of dark roles. All right. Okay, Chad. Okay, we're coming near the end of the show. So tell me uh, where fans can see Dark Derp. Well, if you uh, go to Facebook and type in Dark Therapy, uh, it'll pop up uh, as a, 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 a fan page, and you can click that, like the page. Uh, that way you can stay um, connected to all upcoming news. Uh, and, you know, might have some more. Uh, you may see the return of Erebus uh, in the near future, uh, and the film is actually embedded into the into the fan page, so they can watch it there. And please share it. We're trying to, uh, especially this particular week, uh, kind of trying to get everyone to see it, and and uh, that's a good place to see that. Um, again, go to uh, thesufferingfilm.com, which is uh, again a movie I worked on. It's Directed by Rob Hamilton, and uh-huh. also be on the lookout by uh, of a an original series by uh, award winning director and Emmy nominated producer Harold Jackson III. It's called Counselor, 
And uh, that's the most recent film project I worked on uh, this this past summer. And uh, it's a a two-character drama starring myself and actor Curtis Cook from the uh, popular show, uh, Netflix show, House of Cards. And it's just me and him, two guys in one room, uh, the entire series. So that, that's a pretty hmm. dramatic uh, performance, and I, and I, I look forward to uh, focusing on that. We actually screened a preview of it um, at the at this year's Real Independent Film Extravaganza. Nice, nice. That's great. Well, Chad, man, it's uh, been great having you on the show, man. I just uh, break legs and all you do. Thank you, man. I really appreciate this. It was a good time to uh, to talk about this stuff, and I, and I appreciate all the support. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, man, have a great night. Thank you, you too. Okay, bye-bye. And let me leave you with this quote by Jennifer Lawrence. Even as far back as when I started acting at 14, I know I've never considered failure. Night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.